Did you know that there's this beautiful retreat free of charge for women to go to and heal from childhood sexual abuse? So today we wanted to talk about an amazing organization called Sapria. You can look them up at sapria.org. That's S-A-P-R-E-A dot org. And learn so much more about all the resources that are at your fingertips. And maybe you're not a, a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, but I guarantee someone you know is. So we're going to be talking about that today. Um, I have a few really, really eye-opening facts um, about childhood sexual abuse. And I wanted to read them off to you to start this off just so that we're all on the same page here of how much of a taboo subject this is, but how big of a subject Mm -hmm. this is. Um, Well, I want to go over these facts so that one, maybe it resonates with you and you can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Or maybe you can then realize like, oh, I do know somebody who's done this or they've confided in me or I really think this happened to my friend and realize how much it might be affecting her way more than you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so sexual abuse is pervasive. One in five children is sexually abused before reaching age 18. In the U.S. alone, this um, equates to more than one million children who will be sexually abused this year. One million this year. Just in the U.S., and that's only what's reported. Most is not yes. reported. I do believe it's 90% of cases go unreported. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. So when I say I, I guarantee you know someone, I mm-hmm. guarantee you know someone. Sure, between you and your cousins or, you mm-hmm. know, friends. And that's one in five. So that's in all children. And then it's one in four in girls. Yeah. But yeah, when I think, without getting into like other people's stories, um, I look at my family. I'm a family of five girls. I'm the only one who wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, with only 90% being reported, and none of those were reported, which now, like, that I'm older, I'm like, how how could you not? Like, do, you, do they not know? I will never know, and it's really not my place to ask. But I hope that as I share, and I hope you share, everyone listening, share these um, helpful resources with your community because it's... it's it's hard to bring up these conversations. But anyways, um, I do have more here that I, I really do want to read off here. Um, sexual abuse commonly occurs as the result of the actions of another child. Over half of survivors reporting report being abused by other juveniles. So I know we think like when it things like comes when it comes to things like this, it's like, oh well, my child was abducted or like things like that, you know, like you think that's Yeah, so I I'll even tell a little bit about my story. I may or may not get into it at this very moment. But I always thought it was like some strange, creepy, crazy man yeah. violently In a white hurt van. a child. Yeah. yeah. Which is absolutely yeah. a story and could be yours. But it is also that schoolmate, your cousin, your sibling, your friend's the brother older brother. Sleepover. They may be yeah. under 18, but it still can cause the same hurt and emotional damage to you it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter the age or the severity because as we're talking if you have any memories or thoughts or stuff that comes up like I always say like I've said it for years even 
uh, recently, oh, well, my story isn't that big of a deal. Oh, it's, you know, compared to probably other people, it's not. But anytime mm-hmm. this topic would come up, I would still think about it. And if I can still think about it today, and if I really think about it, I can still cry it about still it. It still affects you. It still affects me. It is mm-hmm. still a thing. It doesn't matter. As a child, it you, I didn't know what was wrong. It was wrong at all at the time. Mm-hmm. But I knew, why is it so secretive? And, you know, why do we have to hide it? And, and why is that, do I feel really bad about it? And whatever. Yeah. So all children are at risk of sexual abuse with some populations experiencing increased risk. This was what breaks my heart. Children with disabilities are three times more likely to be victims of sexual abuse, which is true. Like I have two nieces, uh, one being autistic and one with, I think it's spinal bifida. Mm -hmm. Anyways, and dwarfism. Um, Yeah, that is and that, and these are the resources that I want to share with them, like parents being aware and of these statistics here that are 100% valid and I think a lot lower than they say. So, like, their statistics are lower than it actually is. So, just education is really what this is all about, is sharing these resources. Um, so, online and offline safety go hand in hand in more than half, so 53%. Of reported, reported, remember 90% go unreported. So 53% of reported technology facilitated child sexual abuse cases. The perpetrator is an acquaintance or family member of the victim. Now, I have always wanted to do this and I just don't know why I haven't yet. I'm going to. I'm making a plan. I'm going to do this. I want like my body safe rules on my fridge in that open environment so that anybody with my next thing is it um the children know the abuser 80 percent of cases so if you have something in your home that makes your child not a victim anymore of like oh their kids know body safe rules like it says like this is not okay this is not okay we don't do this in the Mm -hmm. house like Mm -hmm. and you can get those on pinterest i've looked them up I'm like, oh, I should print this and put it on Which my Which is fridge. all for prevention and yeah. helping, but also to knowing that, like, if this is already happening to you, you're a grown woman. Mm-hmm. Sapria is a safe haven. Yeah. They also have tons of online resources, which we'll get into. So oh, yeah. this is really also focusing on, like, the healing mm-hmm. if and, you've already experienced this. Right. Well, and it's it's free to go to. Now, I understand things can be hard to get there. Because, yeah, you have to somehow get there. So there's right? one in Utah mm-hmm. and one in Georgia. Okay. In the United States. Well, and you you were even saying, like, Canada. Yeah, has some so things. I live near Calgary, and there is a company called Stand, which um, I highly suggest that I had no idea they existed. Most people probably don't know Sapria exists. So mm-hmm. definitely do some research. Like, look up Sapria. They're absolutely amazing. They have online webinars, they have online groups. I think they do sometimes do have local meetups if more um, are capable of like going because there's enough in that location. But there are lots that you can um, just find resources. And just the biggest thing is we're giving you these numbers so that you Mm -hmm. know you're not alone. Not to make you feel bad or to break your heart. But one, how much we need to talk about this. How much prevention needs to be like done. But also too that you're not alone. That. One million just this year. Think about, you know, all the years. And so that was something, too. It's like, okay, you don't need to feel shameful about it. You don't need to feel bad about it. You are a survivor. It is not your fault in any way. 
And if you've never talked about it or never reported it, I understand why. I get it. But you don't need to ever feel like it is anything on you. Mm-hmm. Well, and and so sharing this with the Sapria retreat, um, just to know like more about it, like they're, it's a four day experience, and they have like clinical therapists here guiding you through and helping you through each step of the way, and like helping you with triggers and just so many different things. Um, so it teaches survivors about the impacts of trauma. It provides opportunities to apply healing tools. Um, builds community of support and so if you can't get there in person there is so many online resources there's webinars there's community like online communities it's it's crazy it's it's beautiful um I was I don't know what the word would be I wasn't shocked but you may think that you know you know somebody you think oh like oh they're fine they're not you know I'm not I don't have any trauma from it or it's not affecting my life addiction can come from it eating disorders anxiety depression body dysmorphia there's ptsd there's so Mm -hmm. many different things that caught like are um what's the word side effects i guess i don't know from it and so you may think like oh, i'm totally fine okay but do you ever struggle with addiction or anxiety or you know wanting to always be in control or mm-hmm. you are Body not great at organization yeah. and you like just losing track of time and not being able to just like get a handle on your life and just it always mm-hmm. like there's there's so many things that it's like oh wow like yeah it can go back to that yeah which is crazy um something that I want to highlight that I think is absolutely beautiful that at this retreat they do it's called kintsugi um and it's the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer, dusted, or mixed with gold powder. Um, so it's, you put, you, when you're in this class, you break this bowl and then you put it back together with this beautiful gold lacquer. And I've heard from countless of survivor stories that that was like the most impactful mm-hmm. part of doing it, uh, of putting this broken piece of pottery back together and making it even more beautiful and and unique in its own self that it was just such a healing moment for them and oh I just I absolutely shows adore it. That, like broken pieces can be put back together and be just as beautiful or even more beautiful mm-hmm. and they have their just their own unique patterns and mm-hmm. own unique scars I am super proud as of at least a month ago or maybe a little bit more we have had the 5,000th participant mm-hmm. go through the retreat. So it's only been open for a few years. And obviously through, you know, the pandemic, things had to kind of shut down and they had to um, do a little bit more online things. And so to have 5,000, which at first when I heard the number, I'm like, oh, wow. But then you just like, okay, it's hard to picture it. But we were standing in a room full of, they said it was like 2,500 and said, look around and it would double it. And just to like, know that it was real women, yeah. your mom, your aunt, your sister, your cousin, your best friend, that girl down the street that, you know, grew up your neighbor so that like she was struggling and she either this starts your healing journey. It's in the middle. It helps, you know, open things up. It can be so many different things that you don't have to feel like oh I've never had any you know stuff before or oh well I've been doing a lot of work for years that doesn't mean this can't benefit you as well Mm -hmm. yeah 
well and they have um like I don't know what is it what is it Michelin chef is that the word Michelin star Michelin star chefs or they have something there like they have like top of the line yeah it's like a big cabin in the mountains yeah beautiful you get fed just gourmet food all day long sounds great it is a retreat um and what i really love is that at the end of this retreat they have makeup artists come and they put they like you know get you all photo shoot ready and you have a photo shoot at the end and like you think it sounds like kind of cheesy like but when you see them come out and you see them see their photo mm-hmm. and realize like who they are now like it's so impactful of like who they are becoming now and now that they have even more hold on their life of like no I am I am going to be okay like I do feel much better now like it's it's just it's very beautiful because yeah, there's been a handful of women who have been willing to be open and tell their story or mm-hmm. um like share what's like happened at the retreat and stuff so if you follow them on facebook they have instagram they have tiktok but i've definitely followed like their facebook and it, yeah they will have their stories and you can see like how much they've changed and these are all different types when we just watched an interview of this woman who was like a high high level mm-hmm. lawyer in washington and like all the things that she's gone through and to be like oh yeah like typical you know you would never think that this you know that would have happened to her but she used what happened to her is like okay I need a sense of control so she just like focused on work and just like used that as a way to control her life mm-hmm. but she was so unhappy and not fulfilled and everything else was falling apart because yeah she and she turned couldn't. to drinking it got really severe so you can definitely hear quite a few um different people's stories so definitely go to like sapria.org Mm-hmm. Or and check out their socials too, because it's a you know an easy way to kind of just and you can just look, you can browse. Yeah, well, and another thing that I want to talk about is that it is because it's a non for profit. There is so many ways to donate and to give. There is, um, what is it called? Bike, biker, drive. I don't know what. Yeah, they call we did it. a rock. Oh, oh yeah, there's rocks. But what is it with the motorbikes? To do like a ride. A, I, I guess, guess a ride, yeah, and they raise money. Um, we just did a 5K and a 10K run, which was amazing. So our goal mm-hmm. was um, our company that Savannah and I work with um, started this organization. And the reason why we sell any of our products yeah. is to fund this safe haven retreat. And so at our company convention, we did a 5K and a 10K run. Our goal was to raise... 20,000 and we did 82,000 which I think is absolutely incredible yes all of our um this is not us trying to sell whatsoever just letting you know (laughs) that any purchase off of our cosmetic website does donate 10% you can straight donate to them Mm -hmm. I've done bottle drives so it's about you know $35 here $50 here we did one where it was $800 do bottle drives you can just donate there's monthly ones there's different ways to help you can also run a online group i do believe there are some criteria i think you've had to you know you have to be a survivor and i'm sure there's some stuff but you can either plug into groups even just you know tend and kind of like Mm -hmm. learn um or if you want to host one because you're like you know what i really this is a calling and i want to be able to go help other women heal from this because the biggest thing is just knowing you're not alone 
Well, and I think they also have like courses to become a a speaker advocate. Mm, so like you can yeah. if if that's like where you're feeling called and you're wanting to go like speak in schools and different things like that. There I do believe last I heard that there was training on that very yeah. subject. I definitely <clears throat> challenge everybody to just go look at the website. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like, you know what, this isn't me. I didn't go through it. You may not be able to think of somebody right now. Or you may like, oh, well, I don't know. Because there's so many people that like, I know a lot of females in my life. Mm-hmm. I only know a couple people who've ever admitted out loud that it's happened to them. But if one in four around me, I don't even know the math of that. A mm-hmm. lot. And 90% unknown. And if you just happen to bring it up, you make a post. I also challenge you to share Sapria in a post. Or on TikTok, you can click the repost thing. Or on Instagram, just share it into your story. Something easy like that. And maybe it'll open up the conversation for somebody to be like, oh, hey, that has happened to me. And then maybe you're a little bit more equipped. Or you just, you know, will be able to start. I use a lot of it as like, okay, I'm sharing. But also for me to just kind of get healing. Yeah. So I guess with all of that, I just want to say for the survivors out there of childhood sexual abuse, some things to do is to seek out the resources um, that provide evidence-based techniques to nurture healing and build feelings of safety. Um, So you can learn about the Supriya retreats, the support groups, the healing webinars. That's all through Supriya's website. Um, to learn more about sexual abuse trauma and the long-term effects it can have on your brain and your body. I think that is most important. And honestly, I think you could come to an understanding more of like, this is why I am the way that I am. And then to also understand taking that next step of diving more into those healing resources on how to move forward in it and how to reclaim your hope. Um, Because there is hope and there mm -hmm. is healing. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that that healing is possible and truly believing that, that no, this is just the way that I am. I've always been like this and, you know, I've gotten this far. Well, or we can believe that healing is possible and, and learn and grow because that's what we're here to do on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for supporters, all you amazing supporters of survivors uh, of childhood sexual abuse, believe survivors when they disclose sexual abuse don't just write it off. And I'm speaking, in my mind, I'm speaking so much to mothers because I have heard so many stories where it's like, yeah, I told my mom and she didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you've heard like that over and over again. It's like, like, and as a mom, like, how? How is it so much easier to just say, oh, no, didn't happen? Mm-hmm. Than it is to just do something about it and it's because save a lot of it is from a family member or yeah. their boyfriend or something that is like yeah it is you know I felt that way. I was like okay well it's awkward like well we're gonna have to see the cousins again or we're gonna have to see this uncle again or we're gonna see this person again or mm-hmm. or it's classmates at school and there are things that I mean we'll probably do something more in the future to talk about it but like appropriate things at school like. So many kids don't understand. They're like, oh my gosh, we're learning body parts. I'm like, oh, we're going to, you know, locker room stuff. Okay, well, some of it gets too far. Or, you know, maybe it was all innocent, but if it made you uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's okay. Right. And and secondly, ensuring the survivor's safety. If If you're being that listening ear, making sure that, that they're okay now and that they're in a better place now 
or being that one that actually reports it and or helping them I guess depending on age range here right Mm -hmm. but like well also too a lot of times it really affects your self-esteem and Mm -hmm. so are they what kind of relationship are they in now so it could have been like they're telling you something oh this happened to me 30 years ago when I was a kid but you know that their pattern or they are in an abusive relationship and it it is it does really affect people's Mm self-esteem and their confidence and it can be a pattern of like oh is that why I always keep choosing bad men or I know they're not great but they keep hurting me Mm -hmm. yeah and and listening to them I think that's a good a good um, example allowing them to share what they want to share without pressuring them to share more than they are than they're ready to do and just you know keeping that door open and letting them share when they're comfortable to share because pressuring isn't going to get you anywhere and you're going to become the not safe person next that they go oh I can't talk to her like I have so many people in my life that I'm like Mm-mm, I can't talk to her like <laughs> you know like you're not a safe person in my environment and so just allowing people to be that open with you and just taking it in and and listening and it's great to have all these resources, and I mm-hmm. do hope you guys share it out, but it really is just to be a listening ear to be like, you know what, I'm so sorry you went through this. I, do, I don't know how to help you, but just know I'm here, I'm listening. Yeah. A hug. Something just to know somebody's not there to judge you or to... Don't try to fix it. That's the biggest thing. I mean, that's any kind of <laughs> lesson for another woman is like, don't try to fix your problems, but if just they're coming listen. to you... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know my husband always asks me, do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix it? And sometimes I want him to fix it. Sometimes I just want him to listen. I'm like, oh no, I'm a capable woman. I know how to fix it. I just need you to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> let me know that my feelings are valid. <laughs> this morning, <laughs> I let my husband have it. My feelings are valid. You don't need to compare or one up me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, oh, this is a really, really important one. Understand what to watch for by becoming familiar with signs of childhood sexual abuse. Um, Especially as a parent, caregiver, any teacher, like all of it, understanding what signs to watch for. And now, this was a really good one. When I took classes on Supriya, they would talk about like just kind of like kind of pink flags and red flags here. Some people are just inappropriate. And I know that's not an excuse, but, like, sometimes people say, like, stupid things. Mm-hmm. And I fully believe you should still call them out. <laughs> of like, uh, no, we don't say that here. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, there's just little things of what, how you say, but, like, oh, I suck. Or, oh, I'm not right. good enough. Or, oh, I can never learn. I mean, it has not, may not even necessarily be about, you know, abuse. But just, like, how you talk about yourself. The sooner mm-hmm. you nip it in the butt, the better it is anyway. Yes. Right. Like, my biggest thing in my family is we don't play the no means yes game. Like, when my kids, you know, you're tickling them. They go, stop, stop, stop. And then you stop. And they're like, oh, no, I want I want you to tickle me. It's like, no, I don't play that game. Like, straight up, heck no. And so at a family function, one of the older gentlemen there was playing that game. And now he's not a, a pervert or a creeper or anything. I know that. But I did tell him, I was like, no, I don't play that game with my kids. If they say no, it's no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just being very, and it was or awkward. Saying, like, how many times you were like, chase me, chase me, mm-hmm. and then it's. Right, and I'm just like, no, I don't play that game here. No means no, and if you want to keep playing, you can say, I want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, encouraging that kind of behavior, especially with your kids. Stop um, is stop, and no is no. Yeah. 
Um, encourage the survivor to seek professional help from a licensed trauma-informed therapist, which all the therapists at Cypriot, they're licensed trauma-informed therapists. Um, and yeah, invite them to learn about Cypriot's resources. Um, and I think for all just listeners for listeners of survivors, what am I saying? Supporters of survivors, learning more about the traumatic effects of child sexual abuse is going to benefit you just in your own relationships with other women to help them more and to be a better listening ear of like, no, I understand why that is. I understand why, why this happens when this happens for you. Like I, I understand. And that is probably the most validating sentence that you could ever give. Especially like, when it happens before the age of 18, your brain is still developing. So mm-hmm. your brain can choose to black things out or cut things out or your brain doesn't develop the same way or your emotional response to things like it can physically, emotionally affect you but physically affect you too. Whether that means you at a young age develop like we had talked about an eating disorder or mm-hmm. different addictions or you know anxiety, different stuff like that. But it also can... You know, if you're listening and you're a survivor and you're like, okay, but like I get, but like I just, I can't get over it or why can't I do this? Because there are neuropathways in your brain that weren't created or something happened Mm -hmm. or new ones were created because of this trauma. Yeah. But again, healing is possible. Your brain can reconstruct neuropathways and it can develop new ones and grow like our brains are so stinking cool it's so exciting for me to like just talk about like the brain um what's her name oh darn it i can't remember her name but she's like a neuroscientist and and she explained so many things so beautifully about but the biggest takeaway was that our brains can um create new neuro synapses mm-hmm. or whatever they're called but it is a real thing um and I just lastly talk about these issues. I really encourage everybody listening to just share Supriya on your social media. Yeah, because it, it can be uncomfortable to talk about, especially if you are someone who's gone through it. Mm-hmm. But you would be shocked. I have shared, like, social media where maybe nobody likes your post. Maybe nobody shares mm-hmm. it. Nobody sees it. Well, nobody likes it or whatever. But I guarantee somebody could see it. And they may go to the link or they may go check it out. And you'll never know but a lot of times people stay silent and they want to just secretly go look because they they don't want anyone to know that this is a thing or I don't want my family to know or my spouse to know. And so I've had experiences where I straight up was like, nobody has reacted to this. And then it was um, a few months later, somebody had said, thank you for sharing that one post. I just got back from the retreat and mm-hmm. like telling me all about it. And so just yeah. sharing it letting somebody you know be able to just kind of see it and be able to find the resources yeah so with that highly encouraged supriya.org look it up it is a wealth of knowledge and resources good resources that are going to help so many people Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you got something out of it, make sure to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.